guys do this It involves all of us, all right? So what we're about to do is we are splitting this crowd down the middle, all the way back to the soundboard, okay? But I have a sloppy-ass vagina. There's been a lot of here. We need to spread this a little bit wider. Even up in, up in the second level. You can, you, second level, you're like my ass size. We need to open you up a little bit more. So, this is classically, when I played in punk and hardcore bands, this was known as the wall of death, okay? But, at a man Kim show, we're calling it the walls of Kim's vagina. Uh, if there's anybody know how those, how that vagina snaps closed, is this penis right here. And I know very well. I do a ton of kegels, so this snaps All right. This is episode 176 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Is it 176 or 177? Well, that's a good question. You think there's any way we could ever even figure that out? I don't think so. It's, Probably it's better should have done this before we started. This is 177. I feel like I feel like Dave usually asks. Yeah, you're right. It is. This is episode 177. 176 was when we covered Disney World. We're not covering Disney World today, but that was a great episode. If you haven't. Listen to it. I would recommend you go back and do so. In fact, uh, well, let me introduce myself first. We got lots of stuff. We got, got a lot of different ways we can go. I even got some who, Disney World follow up. Who are you? That's a, that's a good question. Most days, I feel like Tommy two underscore zero, which is also where you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven. And you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave, known as one of the best overtakers, much like Max Verstappen. Listen to this guy. Wow. Yeah. We're, we're Team Ferrari here, though, so let's, let's, let's not go, go too far. Le- let's go Leclerc and Sands. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. In fact, we probably need, and I know Glenn has breaking news, but we need to, we need to touch on that at some point. Because one of the three of us has been in the paddock recently. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> much much like most of Dave's lifestyle, he somehow falls completely backwards into things that are on my bucket list <laughs> with no no deserving. He plays TPC Sawgrass. <laughs> ends up in a suite at an F1 race with a bunch of Ferrari merch bestowed upon him. It's a good time. Yeah. It's, it's just, just not unbelievable. Fair. Unbelievable. Hold on. I need to I need to check something on the fly here. Yeah, if we're going to do that thing where your computer cuts out, I'm going to go ahead and uh and cancel you. I'm going to cancel culture Glenn. <laughs> it might be transitioning well to uh to that segment hold on my goodness there you have an audio problem of some kind here hey tommy are you still watching aew 
Did you know that the viewership for Dynamite this week, coming off the pay-per-view, one of the highest they've ever had? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Feeling pretty good about things. Now it's really good to high viewership. I watched some of it just, you know, looking for botches, which, you know, was every five minutes, so. I'll tell you what. When Nia Jax gets there, this game is going to be forever changed. (laughs) Fit right in. Yeah. Went out and bought some shares of the company that reinforces the rings. (laughs) Business is about to pick up despite the supply chain problems. It's good. Okay, I think I fixed the problem. So did your thing stop recording? No, no, no. We never stopped. But uh, we were looking really low volume-wise, and I think I accidentally uh, dragged my levels down. So there at the beginning, you're probably going to have to bring them up a little bit in, in post, as we say. Yeah. You don't have to do it. Speaking of post. Oh, no. But, Hold on. We have breaking news. Let me get to oh. that. Are you well, guys okay, ready? Let's, yeah, let's get to breaking news. Uh, this is as of 8.21, which was 20 minutes ago. Apparently, WWE has come to terms on the release of John Morrison, all of Hit Row, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the only reason we're doing this. <laughs> I was going to say a week a week where Drake Maverick doesn't get released is more newsworthy than a week where he does. I like Jake Maverick or Drake Maverick. I hated to hear that for John Morrison. I you know, I feel like he was he was in a role that w- was working for him. He was never going to main event or put a five-star match in the Tokyo Dome, but Jackson Riker, that's a tough one for you. That tough, is tough for you to swallow. Elias Still hanging around though, boy. And I don't, I don't know how. Every time I see one of these, you know, double-digit releases, I'm just waiting for him to be in there because he's in that ca- cast of characters that, under the right utilization, which they can provide in AEW. Well, let's be honest, thrive. though. Let's be honest. Much like the economy, Elias was killed by COVID. He was peeking in front of live crowds, and then live crowds went away, and and now they gave his gimmick to Boogs. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, and they they retired the. If he does get released, I saw Elias's last match with WWE in person. It was the Symphony of Destruction match against Jackson Riker in Dallas. If that's how it plays out. Because they retired that character and they had some vignettes where he was like going to the tombstone of Elias and he had a funny hat on. That was months ago and we haven't seen him since. Until January. That's what I was going to say. What if, say, the last Saturday in January... Suddenly, he rockets back into the picture, pointing at a sign at the end of the night. How would we feel about that? <laughs> Good Lord. I don't know that that would go over real well. 
Of course, the sign he's... I didn't say what sign. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like a bus stop. Yeah. Pointing at a sign that says, I thought it was the trash. <laughs> There's like a another sign in the back of the arena that's just like, second match on fast lane. <laughs> and he points to that. So, the only other wrestling uh, topic I wanted to bring up is just to... Um, we have WrestleMania tickets. Some of yes, us to both do. nights. Some of us to maybe zero nights so far. But on Sunday night, Point Break Dave got us tickets. Primo seats, like just above the floor. I mean, he is head of the table of the podcast right now. There's no doubt. I was amazed. I didn't know tickets where you could reach out and slap somebody's hand, though. No, but uh, you you said you got them. You sent the price. I kind of backed away from my phone a little bit, but I was like, (laughs) okay, you know, it is what it is. And then I went and looked at the seating chart. I was, wow, it's worth every dollar. It's going to be good. Humble brag. When I went to WrestleMania last time, it was at Cowboy Stadium. I sat on a riser that was a little further. It was oriented different, but much like we learned from the Royal Rumble, the riser, unless you're going to be first four rows, the next best thing is the riser behind the floor seats. And I think we're going to yeah. be, I think we're going to be very happy. I think we've learned that the back of the floor seats is, is the false flag of wrestling you'd rather <laughs> yeah you'd rather go further back and up yeah so that's all the wrestling talk i have well, that's okay i was going to ask you though i spent a lot of time piecing it together but it's a pretty shocking audio as our intro to this show that i was able to absolutely randomly find on youtube and it is a, it is a throwback there will be a handful of listeners that even remember this reference but Many years ago, before I moved to Nashville, so I mean, probably three and a half, four years ago, I shared the story of just some shocking audio that was uttered at a concert (laughs) and somehow found the YouTube video of it. Of the exact show. Well, it wasn't the exact show, but it was the same tour because they're actually wearing the same clothes, so I'm assuming that they did the same bit every night, but it was the exact same thing that happened. It takes away from it a little bit for me that they do it. They do that at every single show. Well, at least on this tour they did because, yeah. yeah. But but when I was going through the YouTube videos and I saw that, and it, it was just added. It had only been played about a thousand times on YouTube. It was, But I saw what they were wearing. I thought, well, that might be the show I was at. But then I, I uh, played it further and heard him reference being in Columbus, Ohio. So it wasn't the same. It was obviously not the night I was there, but it was this same tour. And, uh, and yeah, this... <laughs> The same shocking uh, way to divide the crowd was <laughs> also referenced. <laughs> I have concerns about your household and who has motivation to go see a show like that. That's that's not safe for the whole family. Yeah, who's calling the shots around here? I have concern. I have that. I share your concerns. <laughs> oh man, do you want a quick hit on music? While we're talking about music. Sounds generic. I'm in. I went to a music festival. And unlike oh. unlike Tommy. Oh, no. It wasn't in Houston, was it? 
unlike Tommy, this wasn't a music festival where you pay hundreds of dollars for a wristband. This was in a town outside of Austin called Dripping Springs. Uncomfortable? Yes. <laughs> John Morrison was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, my, uh, my wife's younger brother, who is in the music biz, it was a songwriter festival. And this is like a uh, little town... And it's pretty cool. They have a cool downtown. And basically they had, I don't know, 60 to 100 different songwriters. And the bit was they come, it, they're all playing like kind of a one-man show. And there's about four and they kind of rotate around. And you sit at a bar and you listen to four. And then an hour later, another four come up. So kind of a cool bit. Little, uh, let's just put it this way. They weren't playing to the crowd because... I think all the, because it's a quote-unquote songwriter festival, they all, like, try to be real deep. So it's like every song, there's no good time songs. It's not the new day, you know, <laughs> it's all like, and this is when my mom got cancer when I was six. And you're just like, oh, like, I'm just trying to enjoy a nice beer and queso over here. I don't really, but it was a good time. But the the reason I bring that up is... We were like one of the little downtown spots where uh, my brother-in-law was playing next. We drove over and there was a, as you might imagine, small town music festival parking, little, little dodgy. So I find what appears to be a completely empty parking lot and I pull around and I'm like, man, why is no one parking here? So I pull in, I jump out, there's my car. The only two other cars are both police cars. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure if I'm walking into something here. So they, they're they sitting there, the two police cars, windows up. So I, I walk over and I kind of like, you know, as I get close, one of the did police you, cars. Did you wave your gun at him? Obvious, obviously. <laughs> I feel like that's a good move. But the <laughs> police me. car closest to me rolls down the window and i wish you gentlemen had been with me because the dude the police officer looked exactly like lewis hamilton like unbelievably (laughs) well this story suddenly got much more interesting he looked exactly like him and i was you tell him he ain't that great well what i was thinking is man i bet this guy's really good in high speed high-speed chase situations assuming of course his car is way better than the convicts <laughs> car. <laughs> because driving alone i don't think he's getting it done <laughs> um but yeah i just wanted to throw in that the dripping springs music fest not too bad pretty good time oh, and there's a cop great. that looks exactly like lewis hamilton <laughs> no and that's and i feel like that's the important part of the story Sound like it was like open mic night there. You just throw out a a song or a beatnik poem or something like that. No, I kept asking for Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance, and no one, no one ever played it. <laughs> wasn't a there wasn't a muscly shirtless guy just walking around. There wasn't a guy in a denim singlet. <laughs> 
Well, Glenn, Dave, I um, I did some homework for the show today, and that that's not common. Okay. I think anybody who listens to this show knows, in fact, we actively preach against doing that. But I, this is a claim I made on the last show, and I'm here to tell you this is not going to be I did homework and we're going to cover it in this show. This is going to be a recurring segment. <laughs> Because when I got into this homework assignment, I found out that th- this is this was a like the homework assignment they give you and say bring it back tomorrow. This is the one they give you in the syllabus, and they say this is going to be your capstone project <laughs> for the entire semester. So the the last show we were we were just uh, kind of aimlessly talking about a number of topics, but it, it was brought up that Glenn is for somebody in corporate America. In, in what I would assume would be a company similar to mine as far as the level of wokeness. He's awful fast and loose on Twitter uh, under his own God-given name, the game, the name given to him by the awesome dong. <laughs> that is and true. He was immediately defensive to these charges, and he said, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I said, look, I could go through your Twitter feed and easily produce a dozen tweets that would get you canceled or fired from from any publicly traded company. And he denied these charges. Well, let me tell you, what I've done is I've gone through just the last month, and I've already produced 10. Oh, no. We're going to do month by month in reverse for Glenn probably for the next foreseeable future because it gets worse the farther back in time you go. This is only, and, and, and I'm cheated a little bit, this is basically middle of November, so now, through 10-1-21. So this really spans the last six weeks of your life. And I've found multiple cancelable offenses in just that time, and when you go back further, it gets way worse. Let me assure you. Let's hear it. Do do you have these categorized in any way? No, I just save them in my phone. uh, And the only thing I ask is, do not go back and start deleting old tweets because we're going to get to all of them eventually. But what I'd like to do is read the tweet and then have you explain yourself and what your thought process is. Okay. I was just going to sit back, but... Now and again, being no, no, interrogated. No, there's, there's no sitting back here. This is this is you on trial because again, you're you're in a high level leadership position at a very notable company, and I would just like the the exercise I put myself through is like, what if one of my senior leaders I discovered their Twitter account, and this is the kind of stuff I saw. So let's start. This one's recent. So this was just uh, this was just tweeted. Uh, I guess, well, actually, I, I'm, I'm starting in reverse order. So this is October 4th, so we're going to go forward. This is some, uh, six weeks ago. Uh, you, This is a retweet with a comment that you added. Apparently, there was some traffic on I-35 northbound, uh, and it was down to one lane at Dale Earnhardt Way after a car rear-ended a house. So that's very nice of you, sharing some traffic information for anybody that may be traveling that direction. Glenn's comment to that alternate headline Ken Schrader tried to kill a house today (laughs) that's that's art is what that is what kind of like small 
niche percentage of people would even get what that means in any context or in the proper context. I I feel like you are laughing at celebrity death. I don't think that's appropriate for somebody at your level. Here, here, let's try this one on for size. Well, something that we can all agree is completely fair game to joke about um, is Hurricane Katrina. That's fine, of course. Like, nothing bad happened there. Oh, no. Okay. October 13th. Uh-oh. Sure hope our levees don't break because of all this rain we're getting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a legitimate environmental concern. I don't know the ins and outs of the Corps of Engineers' handiwork around here, so yeah. I, well, I, don't, I don't see a problem. Just Just four short days later, you stayed on the Natural Disaster Joke series. That's good. Uh, we all know that the country of Haiti has undergone just a horrendous last 24 months. Uh, political unrest, natural disasters, earthquakes. Let's see what Glenn has to think about that. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, the humanitarian side of him surely has some compassion for those people. The year is 2026, and after yet another devastating earthquake... Haitian refugees are having their Rangers deer antlers shirts replaced by Let's Go Brandon merchandise. <laughs> it's, it's just a prediction. That's that's all that is. So we got the comedy of the all the surplus deer antlers claw merchandise going to Haiti to help dress the poor innocent refugees. And that was a joke opportunity for you. You're putting the word poor in there. I, I didn't I didn't say that. They just need shirts. Well, here's a good one. Um Alec Baldwin got into some trouble. That's resulted in the loss of an innocent life. That's surely something to joke about. Oh no. But let's take a sports angle on it. I wonder if we can get Alec Baldwin <laughs> spotted up in the corner in Toronto by Saturday. I'm assuming that's a reference to somebody that uh, likes to take a lot of shots. Is that what we're going with here? Shooter's going to shoot? I don't recall. <laughs> oh, and he included the little thinking emoji with that one. Hmm. Just to keep it classy. That's, that's because I'm thinking about what that means. It was kind of like a mad lib that I just brought to real life. All right. All right, well, let's talk about this one. Um, have you done your inclusivity training this year, your conscious bias training? Oh, uh, yes. Probably yeah, both of them, at least I'm once. I'm sure within the first five minutes of that, they, they teach you one thing you don't publicly joke about as an executive is anyone's sexual, sexual orientation or making jokes about... Uh, any type of act that would happen in the LGBTQ uh, plus community, they would they would tell you that, right? Is this about docking? No, it's about hockey. The <laughs> best thing about this hockey game was when Butt and Dick Man nearly came to blows in the third period. <laughs> if you will check the... <laughs> If you will check the rosters of the Allen Americans and opponent for that evening, you will find that they have players with those last names who did get into 
they engaged in fisticuffs on the ice. So that's an accurate historical reading. And it was the best part of the game because the Americans lost like seven to nothing. So, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin tragically killed a young lady. Another young lady tragically lost her life early November in Las Vegas um, when she was killed by Henry Ruggs in a uh, car accident. That's surely not something we would joke about. Let's see what Glenn had to say about this at uh, 2.04 p.m. on the 2nd of November. Well, I guess Dante Stallworth has passed the torch on to Henry Ruggs. My goodness. You feel good about that? I, I'm just guessing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger tragedy. I need you to explain this one to me. I marked this one, but I don't actually understand. It just seemed offensive. I probably won't either. I wish the Bally Sports Southwest app had been parked on Rainbow Boulevard. <laughs> I think that goes that goes back to your your prior example. That's just a that's chapter two. Kind of what two. I thought too. Kind of what I thought too. I think I can get a lot of support there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what were you up to on November six? There was a unfortunate incident at a fest called uh, Astro World. Uh, I believe now ten people have lost their lives. It was eight that night. Um, at the same time, the Houston Astros, the baseball team, weren't doing super great uh, in the uh, American League uh, Championship Series. Glenn thought this would be a good time to tweet, uh, this has been a bad week for all things Astro. <laughs> factually, factually correct and accurate. We're starting to see a theme here. Um, tragic death is uh, is fertile comedy ground for Glenn. Uh, these most of these are not jokes. <laughs> um, explain this one. This is college football related. It is truly black versus white in Ames, Iowa tonight. Uh, Iowa State was wearing all black jerseys with black helmets, and Texas is wearing all white jerseys with white helmets. So we think we think black versus white conflict is that's funny. We feel good about that. Those were the colors that they were uniformed in on on that evening in Ames, Iowa, thirty to seven. All right, black and, uh, black one, uh, unsurprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, all the way back up to November eighth, and this will this will close out this week's. Installment. Now, stay tuned for our next episode when we'll cover September in Glen. This is my favorite segment we've ever done. Um, nothing funnier than a callback to a 2008 rape. <laughs> Glenn was watching the Steelers play and felt like whoever they were playing might have left a little too much time on the clock. Uh, but did they leave the stall door open for Big Ben? Question mark. That's uh, more has to do with stalling time. So, uh, uh, yeah, the doors, not not anything that happened at a Tahoe Casino in two thousand eight. Definitely not that. Some people say the window of time. I kind of look at it in the 
a door that Did opens, they leave the stall door open for Big that Ben? That opens both ways, much as time can go both ways. And did they just leave too much time? Yes. Yeah. Wow. We're going to continue this. We're going to get through these, and then we're going to send them all to the HR department. And then we're going to have Dave call and uh, ask how they, uh, how they feel about this. Call and be extremely concerned. From what he heard on a podcast. <laughs> well, what is the number for Jiffy Lube Corporate? She's one eight hundred. My name. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and and here, uh, and here, I'm walking around my office daily on pins and needles, just thinking I'm just going to make some just minute slip that's going to cost me my entire career. And here we got Glenn sitting back, just firing off tweets left and right. It's all all plausibly deniable. <laughs> all right. So I understand you uh, you saw a movie recently? Is this, I did. Is this accurate reporting? It was actually a week ago at this very moment. I was at the uh, the lovely Cinemark movie theater up uh, up Plano Way to see uh, Rocky versus Drago, the been, director's cut. Been to that Cinemark many times. Did you go over to Chewy's before or after? No, I did not. Hmm. This was a this was a solo journey, mm-hmm. and so had dinner with the family, drove to the theater. Sat down, watched the film, and immediately when it was over, I drove home and went to bed. So, <laughs> I don't know what I didn't know that they is this like a reissue of Rocky Four or is this something I, I'd have no idea what this is. So it is a reissue of Rocky Four, and essentially, Stallone was in the middle of making a movie when the pandemic hit, shut down all production. Who knows when they're going to start filming again? So he got this idea that he wanted to go back to one of his prior movies and kind of, you know, recut it, just come out with a different version, probably just kind of a money grab. And it was because he didn't have anything to do because everything is shut down. So he settles on Rocky Four. He didn't go with Driven. There's nothing you can do to save that. He can't. He can't film another movie. He's got to take the footage he has. He can't go back and have all the scenes that he was in reenacted with Shaw Leclerc driving, <laughs> where he literally stopped on a dime, or he picked up the dime on the tire. I think. I'm trying to remember what that bit was. Yeah. So, yeah. So Rocky Four, and, and basically, everyone's seen Rocky Four, correct? Of course, many times. Yeah, I've seen it okay. dozens of times. I I would be willing to wager I've seen it more than a hundred times in my life. <laughs> and it's basically one it's an eighty five minute training montage slash music video. That's what the movie is. Yeah. And it's kind of part of the reason that he went back and he wanted to revisit this because years later he 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 did it that way for a reason because we were that was when MTV was just taking off and 
music videos were huge, you know, becoming a huge thing. And that was, uh, you know, he thought that was the best way to reach the audience with that character and stuff was that type of movie. But now he looks back and he's like, it kind of, even though it is the most popular one, it doesn't really fit with the other ones because it doesn't have much in the way of plot or explanation to it. But isn't that it, why we liked it so much? Uh, that's that's a fair that's a fair argument. Because I mean, so, I remember trying to grind through Rocky too and being like, well, "Man, when are they going to actually get to the fight here?" That is that is a movie that to this day needs an editor. <laughs> and and if he would have gone back to that one, he would have just taken like out of the first hour and forty minutes of it and cut like an hour off of it. Like that was a movie that should have been 85, 90 minutes and it's it's like two hours and ten or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, this version, here's what I want you to picture. You know Rocky Four as it is. You're picturing the film in your mind right now. It doesn't take a whole lot to get all through it. Now remove everything from that movie that involves a robot okay. and remove virtually everything that involves his kid. Okay, I'm on and board. Basically, everything that is like extremely like silly, over the top, like a dumb '80s gag. Take all that out of it. Did you say over the top? Ironically, <laughs> <laughs> I use that a lot. I like Not ironically. I haven't seen the the movie, but I like the changes you are proposing that were made in the movie. Did so, Drago still punch the thing that measured the impact yes. of his punch? Okay. Well, then, we they, haven't then, taken, they, then they haven't screwed it up too bad. Yeah, we haven't taken any of that out. And, and this version, because the first thing I heard was there was like 40 additional minutes of footage. So I'm thinking they've turned Rocky Four into a two-hour-plus movie. No. He basically took 40 minutes out of the original version and just wow. replaced it with a different 40, 45 minutes. So they took the <clears throat> five minutes of the robot silliness and the 35-minute Apollo Creed entrance out of the movie. So there, there's, more, there's more in the way of explanation as to why Apollo wants to take that fight. And there's a scene that... Uh, I mean, y'all might watch it. I don't want to like ruin the whole thing, but a lot of it is is stuff that you've already seen. So, like where the movie starts is that scene where Apollo's in the in his swimming pool, throwing the tennis balls to his dogs, and he sees the news report about the Russian. Yeah. So that sparks his interest, and he he more or less then goes to talk with Rocky about like, hey, are you gonna fight this guy? And Rocky's like, I've seen it, but I eh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if I want to. So then. Apollo's like, if you're not going to, then I am. And they have kind of a back and forth as to whether that's a good idea and all that kind of stuff. But it gives, there's more development to the story and reason why he's seeking out this fight than than in the original version. The When he does fight him, the, the lead-in with James Brown, li- uh, Living in America, is, I don't think it was as long as in the first version. It seems like it's they, they cut about a third of that out. But they have some different uh, camera shots and stuff. 
And there's more where it shows Drago where he's just confused about what's going on, which is kind of funny. Like, he has more lines in the movie. He has more interaction with other characters, which is, uh, which was, you know, which was good. Um, Apollo doesn't necessarily, he meets the same fate at the end. Mm. It's not like he wins. But he, in this version, he, there's footage where he puts up more of a fight than in, than the original one, which was I, like he landed two punches and then <laughs> died, <yeah>. basically. <laughs> I had read in the the recut of this film that the Apollo Drago match was actually billed as a casket match. Is that, <laughs> is that not true? That, that is that is inaccurate. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, from there, it's just more of a dramatic film so instead of having scenes where Rocky is washing his Lamborghini in his driveway with his robot and his dumb kid he's there are scenes with him and Adrian like talking about should you let Apollo fight or you know is this a good idea and you know, things like that and then and later on after Apollo's gone the funeral scene is like I wouldn't say 10 times as long but five times as long as in the original. Because in the original, they're just at the funeral. Rocky says like six words. It focuses in on the belt. And then and that's it. I mean, there's an actual scene. There's like an actual eulogy. Which is, that part is definitely better than the original. Um, in the first version, there's... After that, there's uh, they just show like a newspaper headline that says something about Rocky can't get a, a boxing license to be able to fight him, but they don't provide any explanation at all. There's an actual entire scene where he's trying to get a license or, or the approval to fight him like in the States, and they won't give it to him, not because anything's wrong with Rocky. It's because they don't know enough about this Russian, and they don't want to have another death on their hands. Mm. which again gives actual explanation to why he then went over to Russia and it's not sanctioned and it's not for the title as opposed to it just coming out of nowhere he just went into business for himself in the original (laughs) one how did we get here I don't know but we're going to be in Russia on Christmas day any more questions at this point so over yeah so overall are we are we ranking it above the original, or is it just does it stand in a different category? I, th- I think it's kind of a different movie. You still have the two or three, you know, big training montages are the are the same. They didn't really add or take anything away from that. the The fight with Drago, the the introduction for him for Rocky is a little different, and some of the fight scenes he he changed some of the angles. And he added some stuff in, and he took away, uh, he, he tried to make it sound more like w- what it would sound like at a, an actual fight. And like some of the punches that have the overemphasized like impact, like the sound of it, he he took that out. And then you'd have to, if one, you'd have to watch the movie. There's also, that came out the same day that I watched, there's a documentary on YouTube that if you just search like Rocky versus Drago documentary that goes through this whole process 
of him remaking this movie and he talks a lot about all the all these movies that he made and the process that went into it and uh he's got like and this like this entire spiral notebook he pulls out and he's flipping through it and he's like hey take a look at this this is the choreography for the fight against Drago and he's flipping through this spiral notebook and it's just got all these I don't know what whatever they plan to do but it takes up like the whole thing and he said beginning to end the fight with Drago the filming you know on site there the intros the fight itself the post-production until it was all done took over like six months what is what he said I don't know. I mean, the guy's 75. I thought they just called it in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it took almost as long as that Edge Orton match at Backlash a couple of years ago. And he, and he, he was wow. like, today that would never happen because a studio would never allow that much time to put it together. Right. Like now, he, he, I think he mentioned like with the Creed movies, they've got something like that. They've got a matter of like a few weeks or so to get it all done. Interesting. So th- that's interesting. That's interesting too. Obviously, that documentary on YouTube is free. If you want to watch Rocky vs. Drago, um, I think you, have, you rent it. I think it's you can rent it on Amazon and Apple and all that for like three bucks. Would you Would you suggest watching going to the YouTube dot com and watching the documentary first, or watching them recut first? I watch the movie first. I think that would be better. Okay. Because they talk about some of the process and that might kind of ruin it. Gotcha. Once you once you watch the movie. And in this documentary, I, I don't know if they, when they filmed this, if they had the intent from the beginning to release it. Because the whole bit, it even when it starts, it says this guy that he's working with, um, this whole thing was just shot on his iPhone. So the interviews with Stallone and the footage of him in the studios with the the guy that's editing everything for him, uh, it's all filmed on some guy's phone. So the quality is fine, but it's not it's not great. So follow up question, and I don't know if this was talked about in the documentary or if not, you can just give your opinion on this. So you said the the remake, we'll call it, of Rocky Four. They took out all the silliness with the robot and his kid and all that. If you were going to remake a Stallone movie and cut out all the parts with his kid, <laughs> would Rocky Four, or would there be another Stallone movie that possibly... Okay, would... so hear me out. He's a trucker. <laughs> And he wants to win an arm wrestling competition <laughs> to win a truck, but also to win custody of his robot. I like it. <laughs> and it's the robot from Short Circuit. That, who, that would be a fun watch along. Who doesn't watch that movie as Lincoln Hawk and Johnny Five are walking down the highway at the end? Johnny Five, you remember the name? That's impressive. When he runs out of the truck across four lanes of traffic and <laughs> gets chased. Yeah, I remember that. That was a classic scene. <laughs> In this version, 
Johnny Five is screaming across the the highway and just gets plowed over by Bull Hurley's truck. <laughs> and Bull Hurley's driving the grave digger or something like that. Just really, really get it out of control. So d- definite, I was going to say, for, finish it off from my standpoint, definite thumbs up. I don't know if I like it more because it's a, it's a different feel. Like it is, yeah. some of it is is similar. Their scenes are definitely similar, but it's it's got half the movie is much more of a dramatic feel than just this jump from one scene to another, synthesized music, training montage, fight, death, training, fight. You know, speech at the end. It's got it's got more. It's got more to it. Dead gun, pal. It's got to have class. It does. Something, uh, something else that I wanted to discuss with you guys, and oddly, my journey through your Twitter timeline prompted this topic as well. Although not as offensive. This is about. But I understand we we just celebrated a uh, somewhat dark anniversary of your original ACL. Oh yeah, we're. We're th- three, yeah, we're three years past now. Well, no, it should be four years, right? No, it's three. It was three? Okay. 18, yeah. Oh, that's right, because it was Royal Rumble 19, yeah. Yeah. When uh, Cliff Kingsbury autographed your cast. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, uh, I had a knee scare this week. Well, actually, last week. And um, thought I might be joining you on the uh, Royal Rumble crutch gimmick. Okay. I uh, I don't know exactly how this happened, but um, my knee uh, locked in the extended position. And you know what they say is if it stays that way for more than four hours, you should seek medical help, which I did. Very mm. fair. But I uh, it was a straight was a very strange. Very strange uh, set of circumstances that I still haven't quite pieced together exactly how it all happened. But um, there was a point where I could not bend my knee. It was just extended out and it was extraordinarily painful and I, and I didn't know what to do. I, I couldn't move it and I, uh, I was thinking, well, I'm probably going to have to go to the, the emergency room, which I really didn't want to do because I'm cheap. And uh, that sounded like it would be an expensive venture. Uh, but I did find a YouTube video about how to pop your knee back into place if it becomes locked. Um, it's not fun, but uh, I did successfully execute it, and it worked. And really? uh, and uh, yeah, boy, it was uh, it was touch and go there for a minute. But I went to a uh, to an orthopedic practice uh, a few days later to uh, get some imaging done there was there was fears that there might have been some meniscal damage ooh that's tricky and uh yes yes um as people know you don't you don't want to have any type of micro meniscus type situation going on <laughs> they uh they did the MRI which is I'm sure you had to have that with your ACL oh yeah that's that's a uh, that's kind of a Kind of an interesting experience. How do you have to go? Do you have to go all the way in, or just just the leg? Just the tip. Okay. Yeah. Did they give you anything to listen to? 
because the machine is so loud. They gave me well. That's what I was going to ask you. They just gave me just earplugs, not not unlike what you'd find at uh, at Devil's Bowl Speedway. How have they not invented? I mean, this is 2021. Like we've cured COVID. How have they not figured out a way to one make an MRI that works a little faster, and then two one that's quiet? I mean, it, it was unacceptable how loud that thing was. Could they not put a muffler of some type on it? I had mine. They gave me, they gave me uh, over-the-ear headphones, and I listened to the ticket. It's pretty good I time. Listened I to, I listened I to. I would have really appreciated that. The Jurassic Park soundtrack, which was oddly soothing. Pretty good soundtrack. It was, and at, at the time, I was thinking my leg is destroyed and my life has changed forever. But you know what? I kind of like this music. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had little rubber earplugs stuffed down my ear canal, and I was looking at a taped-on picture of Mickey Mouse that somebody had stuck on the top of the tube. So that was exciting. Hmm. So, so you don't know what caused your knee to lock up? I don't. So, so kind of skip, uh, skip ahead. So when when I went for the the uh, before the MRI, I went to see the doctor and got just the uh, physical examination. Hmm. And uh, yeah, they said, uh, they, wow, they said, you've got a lot of fluid uh, here. And Is this your they, knee still? Oh, no, we talked, this is a different story. Sorry. We're not, I, well, do we need to, did you have more questions about the knee? Sorry, I was moving on to the other doctor. Um, the bone on bone situation. Yeah, yeah. No, but they, they said there was a lot of fluid buildup and they, they, they asked me, um, you know, have, well, have you ever had your knee drained before? And I said, no. And they said, well, we're probably going to have to do that. And I said, well, that doesn't sound like it'll feel too good. And I said, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Um, but they said, you know, th- the way that it was swollen and the way the fluid was built up is, is pretty consistent with the meniscus tear. So they wanted to do the MRI before they did anything else. Well, it turns out the MRI um, revealed that the ligaments and meniscus were in great shape and everything was as uh, well aligned. So what they uh, ultimately diagnosed me with which again i don't know how this happened was a uh, a strained quad muscle uh you know i guess the lower part of your quad mm-hmm. you know right down by where your knee is and i and it it had become uh inflamed to the point where it had impacted the mobility of the knee uh and then i guess maybe pushed something a little bit out of alignment and i popped it back into place but they they pretty much told me uh, they want i'm going to be seeing a pt to do some just different structural like strengthening type exercises um but then they yeah they pretty much said that i'm probably good to go so at least until it pops out again so um dodge dodge the old surgical bullet there you just need to go to the gym and do some good heavy squats I'll tell you what, I don't think I could do a body weight squat right now because when I go down to about, you know, about what you would consider maybe, you know, not a deep squat for sure, but right about to the point where like if you had the bench behind you, you know, you're doing like that kind of a squat, like it, it really, really starts to hurt. Like the, whatever's going on with my quad on that side, the, the, um, that's about as far as it goes right now. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. You should have been squatting before this. This one that happened. Well, I'm I'm thinking that my squatting before this is probably what caused it. So, no, nah. <laughs> it's the best gotta, theory I've got working. You gotta do some really leg do lifts. Much else. Do some some leg lifts. Just yeah. laying on your back. Yeah. And um, you know, strengthen the quad. You can literally just flex and hold it. Your quad. 
Oh. <laughs> Hold it with your quad? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know, but all this sounds like a pretty good idea either way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, we've got a few minutes left in the show. I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't have at least a quick uh, drive through the uh, Dutton family. Oh, yeah, this is the part of the show that Dave doesn't know anything about. You're fully caught up, right? Oh, yeah, I am, for sure. I I'm, mean... I'm literally one episode in. <laughs> yeah. Would you agree, though, that the... Like, uh, Dave's like, I know there's a horse. <laughs> the first the first 30 minutes of this season premiere, man, I had the lighter up the whole time. Because they did that, they did that great thing that they do in TV shows, which is the season finale. They paint a picture that's so bleak, there's no way it could be getting out of, gotten out of, and then they immediately get out of it in the first two minutes of the next season. It's genius. And the the revenge montage. Oh yeah. Where 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 the 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 leader of the protagonist just kind of sitting at home while all the action is taking place outside. Now. Dave has seen Sons of Anarchy before, but Tommy has not. Is that correct? That correct. is correct. This show is absolutely Sons of Anarchy on horses. Like the way that they end the seasons and then solve the problem at the beginning of the next one, or so, like in the. Well, it's the same guy, correct? It's the same creator? No, I don't think so. Oh, I thought it, it was. Sons of Anarchy was Kurt Sutter. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe this, it's. Uh, Oh man, Dave, what's the other show you always tell me to watch that I never did? Um, that wasn't Sons of Anarchy. Justified. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was that guy. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember who actually made that. Oh, I'm gonna tell you here because I have internet dot. But you should watch Justified. It's a great show. Oh, that's, yeah, it's top five ever for me. I agree. Well, Tommy's doing on on no, the, I'm just, on I'm, the I'm, podcast. We're good. We're good. Are you we're on good. dial up? Glenn, did no, you? I, I can't figure this out. It's, it, nobody, could, nobody could know this. Glenn, did you ever watch Dexter, the original run of Dexter? So I watched the first season. And I got into the second season, but I can't remember if I finished the second season or not. I remember Dokes getting blown up in that shed. Oh, yes. I think I finished the second season because there was that woman that Dexter was involved with. The British one? Yeah, and he kind of double-crossed her at the end. Is that the end of season two? I think that's the end of season two. So I I think I finished the first two seasons, and then for whatever reason... It's just like when five years ago when I was going to watch The Wire and I got halfway <laughs> through season two and then I just didn't watch it for a few weeks and then that turned into four years. <laughs> if if I stay with it, I could any show, one season, two season, ten seasons. But if something happens, I get distracted and a month goes by, I'll just be like, nah, I, I give up. The, the original run of Dexter was pretty good. Terrible ending. Like the finale of it was bad, but they just started. They just again. restarted, and I'm two. There's been two episodes of the restart. Pretty good so far. Well, the first version before then, we'll skip back to Yellowstone. 
the first iteration of it, he's really good. Yeah, Michael C. Hall. Every other character and every other actor is god-awful in that show. <laughs> it's like they just got a bunch of people, a bunch of extras off the street. They're like, hey, can you be a policeman? Sure. You've got the role. Well, in later seasons, kind of the main, I guess, villain, if you will, of each season, they bring in some pretty credible actors for those roles. All the cops and side characters are the same throughout the whole run, so you won't get away from them. So Google has somewhat vindicated me. It says, uh, so Taylor Sheridan is the creator of Yellowstone. It says Taylor Sheridan's an American screenwriter, director, and actor. He first reached prominence for portraying David Hale in the FX television series Sons of Anarchy. So he was an actor on the show, did not write it. David Hale. Is that the guy that was had his almost all his fingers cut off? No? Well, I That's don't know because guy. I didn't watch it, but there's something even more interesting about Taylor Sheridan that I've just learned, and that's what town he grew up in. Okay. Uh, Cleburne. No. Uh, in fact, I don't know that I can say this on the podcast, so do you have your phone handy, Glenn? Hold on. I'm looking to see who... Uh, okay, I know who David Hale is now. Okay. That's that guy? Oh, so that's the guy that owns all the horses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he okay. acts on the show. But do, you, but do you see where it says he was born? Hold on. Now i got to get back to him. Yeah, just Google his name, Taylor Sheridan, and then look at where he's born and tell me if you knew that was a city. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Give me a second. That's pretty funny. Yeah, what are the odds of that? Oh, yeah, I knew that was a city. You knew that was a place? Yes, every kind time. Kind of ties back to the open of the show, too. <laughs> every, every time there's Gotta have a, the gap, you know? <laughs> a severe storm that is, quote-unquote, coming through that area, <laughs> I might see tweets that will be like, hey, somebody might be on the lookout because look what's coming to the gap. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, yeah. So season four kicked off with a kicked off with a bang. Do you have a theory, since it has not been revealed yet, who's ultimately going to have been behind the attacks? Um, no, not really. I think I'm. So I think dist- the convenient the convenient plot twist would be market equities, but I I think it's going to be old Jamie Dutton. I think we got to watch out for old Jamie Dutton. You think so? Think I think he might be. You don't think it might be the, the the family of the kayaker that that he that he strangled, and just pushed no. her back out in the river. No. no, I don't think that's who it is. I'm more distracted by what all's going on with Rip and Beth with this kid that they've kind of adopted but kind of not. But now that he sleeps in the barn. I kind of feel like that's the robot washing the car part of the show <laughs> that when they go back and do the uh you know 2035 cut of the show they're going to be like yeah we just cut all that part out it wasn't really needed. I just don't know where it's going. Like I was kind of interested at first but then I it's just real I don't know. We could cut yeah. that back a little bit. Like yeah, that's like if we pulled kind of the 
WWE where we've advanced a storyline to a certain point and it's like, it's not going anywhere. Just don't mention it anymore. <laughs> and then people will be like, well, whatever happened to this? Like we could just do that with this and just be like, eh, don't worry yeah. about it. Walked away from that. Yeah. I mean, I love the show. Oh yeah. I know. Oh, Rip will make a man out of that kid. You don't worry. Oh my gosh. That, that's a guy. That's a guy you don't want to cross for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, because he might throw a snake in your face. <laughs> so I, I laughed at that as well, but then I was within my own household having a scientist that lives here basically explaining it to me that, oh yeah, it's very plausible that someone would uh, could pass away in short order if they were bitten in the face by a large rattlesnake and enough venom was excreted. So it's it's funny that this is where we're going to end the conversation. So a uh, a good friend of mine here in town, uh, his wife works at the Nashville Zoo, and believe it or not, an entertainment writer contacted them to ask that very question of, is it possible? Okay. And I think the general consensus was, yes, it is absolutely possible, but probably not as fast as was portrayed on the show if it was a rattlesnake. But if it was another type of venomous snake, it could have played out exactly how it did on the show. Like but I a think mamba? The, yeah. Well, wait a minute. First of all, rest in peace. I'm yeah. sure when we... I can't wait to get to January of 2021 or 2020. These mambas just fall out of the skies. Okay. See, and this is what I'm talking about. I can't wait to get to that part of the tweets. Gosh. <laughs> That's going to take a while. So what was your, your point was it was possible, but unlikely. The point was possible, but a rattlesnake probably wouldn't have had the amount of venom to enact that quick of a death. But In unlike Rocky way, II, they didn't want to spend 35 minutes of Sawyer wreathing in pain on the ground, so they just went ahead and had him uh, meet a quicker demise. In any way, shape, or form, were you thinking, oh, he's about to open up that small cooler and throw a rattlesnake in his face? <laughs> I was, I kind of backed up a little bit because, I don't know, that's just too close for me. I was cleaning out my garage this weekend and I did find a small cooler and just was pretty careful when I opened it up just in case. <laughs> case rip had been by that last weekend <laughs>